wait, wait. I will not sell my baby. All right, well, think of it as putting Isla first. That is literally what I'm trying to do. Yes, but you're not succeeding, are you? I mean, what kind of life is it going to be? Always on the run, consistently looking over your shoulder. I actually haven't broken any laws. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK and Bea. Let's get the neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We chat about episodes of the Aussie Soap Neighbours that have just aired on Aussie screens. I am Vaya. I work in telly and I have trouble suspending disbelief. I am with Remude on Twitter, who is Kate. Hello, Kate. Hi, everybody. We have packed up the Mobile Pirate Net Studios in Melbourne, which is, have we got a little sting for it to introduce how Melbourne is at the moment, Kate? <laughs> sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Erring on the side of shit, let's be honest. But you know what? I'm still hearing a bit of things can only get better. Could be worse. So to get some perspective, we've come to, I guess, the Eden Hills Memorial Park. Yeah, dead centre of town. Mm, yeah. We just, we're trying to find somewhere out of the way. Where like we can a, socially distance. We're visiting Helen Daniels. Yes, oh, the, of course. The, the matriarch of the show. What yeah. sort of um, flowers would you put down for Helen, Kate? Oh, beautiful pale pink roses, surely. Mm. She's a, she was a classy lady. Gorgeous day, almost spring here in Melbourne. Yeah, it's lovely. It's quite mild and beautiful blue skies and sunny. <laughs> oh, my God. My sat-nav just fell off the windshield. Yeah, that, that would be the, the vengeful spirit of Nell Mangle. I was going to say Gazcan, but I like yours better. <laughs> Actually, it's very fitting because Nell Mangle, like, she's probably got a bit to say about yeah. what's been going on. I, I, I would just like to say that we're being very respectful. There is literally nobody within eyesight of us at all here. No. It's a very large place. And I waved to my great-grandmother as we came in. Yeah. So, so huge week. We're not. We're just going to save the business to the end. We just want to get down to matters at hand. We have had a location-based few episodes yeah. on Ramsey Street. It's like that time Toadie went to Sydney. We got to see everything. Oh, did Toadie go to Sydney? Yeah, Toadie went to Sydney where he caught up with um, Don Lane's son, who was Sonia's ex-boyfriend, and they went on a cruise. Okay, I've no memory of this. You I was... remember Don Lane's son being on? No, I remember Darren went to Sydney and met Courtney Act. Oh, yeah. yeah that's for Mardi right. Gras. Because Lassiter's had a Mardi Gras float. Mm. And also Toadie went to London. Oh, yeah. Did the, the Big Ben tour of London. Yeah, he was looking for Willow. <laughs> so the London Eye. Yeah, I did it. When I went to London, I did the Where's Willow tour. Yeah. Looked in all the usual haunts. and Oh, when, when Az went to Paris. Yeah, when Az went to Paz, <laughs> where is the woman he was looking for? Cassius's mum. Is she yeah. in the Arc de Triomphe? I mean, should have let his fingers do the walking on Google Maps and he could have found that door pretty quickly. <laughs> So neighbours took us to the nation's capital. Yeah, Canberra in the Australian in Australia in the Australian capital territory. Yeah, which I, look, I have to say, it's probably been about twelve years since I've been to Canberra. But I tell you what, every single location they went to was immediately identifiable. Canberra is a small place, and uh, famously, a lot of roundabouts. That actually, that's where I was like, come on, they must show him travelling on a roundabout. <laughs> but it, no, no. It's like, I think I've only been there once. It was with um, comedians. We were doing right. a comedy show and our sat-nav just kept saying, continue straight, then enter roundabout. Take exit three. <laughs> and enter roundabout. <laughs> you know what got me though, is that he went to such places like Old Parliament House, mm-hmm. home of the National Portrait Gallery, which... 
I wouldn't really expect Nicolette, who used to live in Canberra, to actually just hang out at. Maybe I would have checked out Westfield to see if she's gone to Baby Bunting or any of the many cafes in Canberra. Well, Baudry did find her in a cafe, which we'll get to. But my friend Suzanne, um, whose daughter has done an episode of Neighbours, go back through the archives, Neighbites, uh, Sasha, Suzanne lived for a while in Canberra, back when she had Sasha, and she was at uni. And she, I sent her some of the screenshots of the episode. She enjoyed Old Parliament House, or OPH, as she called mm-hmm. it, because she said well, when she moved to Canberra, they'd hold Friday night piss-ups in the centre ground there. Oh, that sounds pretty par for the course of Canberra from mm. what we've learnt this year mm-hmm. in news stories. Yeah. Uh, the graduate program people would drink Chardonnay out of cheap plastic cups down at OPH. So maybe Nicolette did like to, maybe the nursing students like to hang out there. Maybe, maybe. So she, I, I was verifying the geography with Suzanne as we were going through the episode. It was um, refreshing to get see neighbours break out of the, the COVID bubble. and Into the Canberra bubble. <laughs> yes, the Canberra bubble. God, what a perfect place for Paul Robinson. And look, I did want to have an element of CJ in this podcast, so I will be dialing her in uh, when we discuss Paul's big offer when we get to it. Because I think Paul going to Canberra is right out of CJ's dear diary. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> yes, that's just like, it's, it's like CJ fanfic really, isn't it? Yeah, CJ's husband has always had political aspirations. So this is really a, a dream for her. And especially with married with that trench coat, the Inspector Gadget <laughs> it trench. ridiculous. But also he looks, reminded me of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. With um, Nicolette's outerwear. Yes, as well. She was, she was dressed as Carmen Sandiego and he was the detective on yeah. the hunt. And we might as well get to the, the trifecta of outerwear with Audrey's little blue number, the blue coat. Just very, very par- Parisian, very yes. French flag. Which, it's possibly the first time anyone's ever used that in reference to Canberra as well, or as the locals call it, Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is one of my fingernails down the blackboard words, Canberra. And growing up, what was Canberra known for, Kate? Um, it was known for fireworks and porn. Yeah. Well, I guess the whole territory. Yes, because they've got um, because it's a territory and not a state, they have more lax rules mm. on those things. Yeah. So that was the common punchline. Oh, you're going to Canberra, you're going to get fireworks and porn. <laughs> Which Paul, Paul, I'm sure, did. But it is, it is funny. It's still a trope because we didn't talk about that before this. And yeah, no, we didn't plan that. So he would have definitely got an armful of fireworks for the Lassiters. <laughs> So, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Now, we're going to do a deep dive into the Monday-Tuesday episodes. Well, they were Monday-Tuesday in Australia. I think they were intended to be Thursday-Friday. Right. Of course. Because it was like a Friday cliffhanger. How many have we missed so far? Is this... It's essentially we've had two weeks of four-day episodes, yes. four-day week episodes. Okay. Um, yes, so the, yeah, Thursday, Friday. And you know how you, you can, if you just watch the credits, when you see the extended title sequence, that's ah. a Friday. That's the telltale sign. That's funny. That's why it was a big Tuesday night in Erinsborough. Yeah, but they, they did have that run of, of big Tuesday storylines, yeah. which is good because they kind of yeah, ease you into it and then you get like a couple of days of fallout. And ultimately, every episode should end on a cliffhanger yep. to get you back in the next day. So it's, it's, it's quite seamless. Mm-hmm. It's just we had a bit of a midweek treat, early week treat. So the 9th of August is where it all kicks off in Canberra. Paul goes on his merry jaunt. He's had your friend, Kate. Oh, John Wong. John Wong, John Wong, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when he comes for you? He has unearthed 
video footage of Nicolette and Baudry yeah. having a little rendezvous in a cafe. Yes. Which later we find out is called the Whitlam Cafe, which I think is invented. I don't think it's a real cafe. Like I didn't a- even bother Googling it. I mean, it sounds plausible. Whitlam being one of our most famous prime ministers, Gough Whitlam, and also the name of a band which I really never want to hear their music again. <laughs> I'm not going out on that. Don't worry. No aphrodisiac, like loneliness. But there is like a Whitlam Pavilion, but I couldn't find a Whitlam Cafe. It's, so. Look, it sounds plausible. Much yeah. like Hawk Airlines. Yes. What's what's going to be the next one? Sounds going to have Keating, Keating something along the lines. The Morrison Estate or something. Oh, well, actually, that would be a name for the winery. Yeah. Yeah, cheap, cheap grog. So Paul gets himself to Canberra and leaves Darren behind, who are at their wit's end. Well, David is. Aaron's just holding it together doing the housework. Someone's always got to do the freaking housework. Oh, come on. You can (laughs) let things fall in a heap for a few weeks. I I feel so bad for David. He, look, even though he was trying to tamper with patient files, like you and I said would not happen because it was implausible. I mean, it was about to happen if bloody old Eagle Eyes Kennedy didn't turn up. And what about when David... Through that missile at Aaron. That's how at the end of Monday oh, yeah, saying that was harsh. Um, you don't care because you don't have a biological connection oh. to the baby. You're fine, you're you're sleeping, you're I, going about your I, day, I, you're working, having coffee no, with no, your family. No, Dave, this is just how I'm handling things, all right? I'm not gonna put my life you're on You're not hold acting of this. like you've just lost a child. <laughs> Though I suppose you haven't. It's not like you have any biological connection to her. That was awful. An insult to Rainbow Family is everywhere, it David. Was. I, I feel like Aaron is possibly too dim to realise the full implications of what has happened as well. Yeah, I think he he really is just taking it a day at a time. Like the the old footy cliche of mm. like quarter a, by quarter post match interview. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we'll just take it one match at a time, boys, and see how, see what the day as, takes us. As David's like, we're never going to see this kid again. Yeah. As Aaron's more like, oh, we won't see her tomorrow or the day after. Yeah. <laughs> ah, new day. We might see her today. Paul gets in contact with Baudry and because she's a pushover, she agrees to meet with him yeah. in a park and they're in their lovely outerwear. It was amazing how they all just met up outside every single time. I mean, COVID safe. Yes. It's good. Um, and it's, it is quite bitingly cold in Canberra. It yeah. It does get chilly. So it was nice to see yeah. them all in I mean, their it's, outerwear. It's a shame it wasn't the hot air balloon festival because they could have met up in a hot air balloon. Well, actually, my friend Suzanne said they should have timed the filming to be at the same time as Floriard. <laughs> you know, you know, old Dork here is going to go to Floriard yeah. one day. Explain when, when that. It, whenever it happens again. It's it's like the Flower Festival of Canberra. We have the Melbourne International. Flower and Garden? Flower and Garden, yeah. sorry. Yeah, which has sadly been cancelled two years in a row now. But exactly. we'll be back. <laughs> there are things I'm sadder about, but sure. I mean, I'd rather see the outside of Canberra than the inside of Canberra. Yeah, we were joking on the council about all the cliched Canberra locations and I was like, well, it's amazing he didn't go looking for her in blue poles. Oh, Jackson Pollock's artwork. Controversial artwork bought by Gough Whitlam for a lot of money at the time. Turned out to be an excellent investment. And yeah, probably the most iconic piece of international art in Australia. Paul would have taken a taken in a session at the gallery. Yeah, yeah. Surely. Um, we did get to see Parliament House in the background. Yes. Okay, so he he meets Audrey and this Audrey was Nicolette's nursing buddy and the two of them had stolen a winning scratchy ticket from a dead man. Dying I swear, man. if you were Nicolette though, surely you'd be just like, if I'm meeting up with Baudry, I'm going to kill her. 
what a piece of shit she was to like, like she ruined Nicolette's life. Mm. And also, she possibly is now in cahoots with her about something that we're not sure about. But <sighs> she, she was not the character I was asking to see ever again. No, and not a character I would trust with whatever nefarious plans I'm cooking up. Can't we just hook her up with former father? Oh, yeah. And they could just watch paint dry together. I was going to say, the blandest bitch. <laughs> he's in Adelaide, not one of our most exciting in cities. Adelaide. So Paul is like, tell me where Nicoletti is. Tell me everything you know. She's like, we ran into each other at a cafe. That's all I got for you. And he starts screaming at her. And I my, I watched this take so many times where Audrey just gets up and about faces and walks off while he's screaming at her. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I'm out of here. And he's like, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you have information I need. Well, what about mutual friends then? I mean, have they heard anything? Well, I asked around after I saw her. No one has. Oh, would you just think? Will you think harder, for goodness sake? No, oh, so, sorry, Audrey. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm sorry, please. And this, I could not get over this. So Audrey says to Paul, look, all I can offer you is that there's a place she used to go to where she liked exercising. And we later find out that Nicolette is currently five days postpartum. and. Paul's like, even if she was heavily mm. pregnant, Paul's like, I don't think she's jogging around a park. Yeah, and, it's what Lake Burley Griffin. Yeah, and Audrey looks at her watch and she's like, actually, this is the right time of day to catch her there. I'm like, what? She's that much of a creature of habit? Now, Kate, you like to walk around your local mm. area quite often. If I was, if someone was looking for you, would your friend be able to say to them, oh, look, it's, you know, it's around three o'clock in the afternoon. She'd be at blah, blah, blah right about oh, now. I just probably parked her ass on the couch right now. <laughs> Oh, it's 11 a.m.? Oh, she's probably watching one of the presses. <laughs> it was just very – I mean, I guess there's not a whole lot to do in Canberra if you're not in politics. Tell you what, though, you know, certainly when I just had a baby and I went out walking, I, I, I took my baby with me. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. And also she said, oh, Nicolette's a big exerciser. I'm like, well, we didn't really see much evidence of that when she was living no. with one of the biggest gym junkies in the street. I know. I mean, look, she's pretty trim and in shape, so mm. there must have been – Exercise we never yeah. saw, but tell you what was so he he bumps into her though doesn't he he sees her flitting around like we're in some sort of French film. Well, yeah, Carmen San Diego. Yeah, her, her co coats fluttering Billowing in the distance. Red coat. Yeah, where did she get that from? She didn't wear that in Ramsey Street. Maybe her dad sent it to her because uh, he sent her that lovely green leather jacket. I hope she packed that with her. Oh, I guess what else are you going to do if you're on the run from everyone you know? As you said, she maybe hit up baby bunting to mm. buy a few last minute items. Yeah. She bought a little mum present. Little um what do they call push present for herself? <laughs> a little, just a just a red cape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't have sleeves. No. And you need your sleeves. You need your sleeves in Canberra. Yeah. Actually, no, I haven't been just once to Canberra. I've been a couple of times. What am I saying? So yeah, he's he's loitering around Old Parliament House. Yeah. There's a few different areas of Old Parliament House. Like there's a flower garden, there's yep. you know, there's this terraced kind of area. Like so it's quite a hard – he must have been doing quite a few laps of that joint. And considering he's not he's not the fittest guy either. No. I don't know why she was walking around by herself as as we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in her current state. But he yells out for her like, Nicolette, Nicolette, yeah. which is a rookie move on his part. Yeah. Come on, Paul. This is not your first rodeo. He's going, yeah, Nicolette, Nicolette. You can't keep this bassinet. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, well, see you later. I'm going to hide behind this pillar for a little while. Yeah. And then disappears. He gets back to the hotel. He debriefs to Rage, which, by the way, Lasseter's Canberra. It was the bulk room from Lasseter's Erinsborough. I mean, I did like the layout a bit more. Lasseter's Canberra is laid out. The feng shui, 
Melanie would have liked it more, I reckon. Mm. The layout. Ooh, some cockatoos in the sky. Corellas, actually. Oh, yes. The, they're the all-white ones, aren't they? That's a bit of local flavour. Paul's trying his luck calling Nicolette. He's in her phone, which I think is, yeah, you know, quite handy. Just, he's in there, considering he, she hates him. But yeah. I. You wouldn't be in my phone no. if I was in her position. I would just always have to look, look up the number I, if he was calling. I guess maybe because he's kind of one of the landlords of the, the cafe. Oh, yeah. And I guess her, her baby daddy's... Father, no, I'd still like cares. stuff it, mate. I'm yeah, not learning it. your number. No. So he starts texting her, and she replies, and mm. she's like, "I'll meet up with you. Come alone." Which she reiterates later, and I was a bit intrigued by that whole yeah. "you better be alone" thing because surely he's the worst of anybody. Yeah, and <laughs> like if Tarage was there, she's going to get a better audience. And she hasn't done anything illegal, so no, it's not like he needs to bring the police or anything. No. I mean, unless she thinks he's going to bring some sort of heavy with him. <laughs> she just take the baby. Yeah. So they meet up. Now they're down at the water's edge. Uh, that Lake Burley Griffin. Yeah, Lake Burley Griffin. It's like a really big Lasseter's Lake. There's <laughs> probably a few Whitlam CDs down the bottom of there. <laughs> no, don't don't keep seeing the Whitlams because I know you're just going to end up with it. But I, I make hamburgers. I get all the girls. No, that's right. I've already picked the end song. It's very fitting. Yeah, so they're, d- they're down by the lake. So Paul finally catches up with Nicolette. The red jacket falls apart to reveal tight pants buttoned up <laughs> against a flat stomach. There's no more pregnancy. That was the big Monday cliffhanger into Tuesday. I mean, rub it in for people that whose bellies did not look like that immediately <laughs> after popping a baby out. Maybe she's just got like on um, some of those pregnancy leggings. Just, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You need it gives you like a lot of core stability. I haven't worn like a tailored jacket and pants since I've had a baby fifteen months ago. No, like, no. Well, look at look at these COVID times. It is an era for stretch pants. Yeah, and- I've been in a stretch pant and a comfortable tunic top the whole time. <laughs> she says to Paul that she's had the baby five days ago. Yeah. Um, interesting way to do it. I thought from a story perspective is that we don't have that dramatic childbirth scene. We it yeah. all happens off screen and it. it you know, leaves us asking questions. And, yeah, it adds some opacity to the situation. Oh, and then Paul's like, where's the baby now? And she's like, oh, it's all right. She's being well looked after. No more detail needed, nothing. Mm. Um, also, I was a bit surprised when she says, I've had the baby, and he doesn't have any – for me, obviously now, we're all mothers of young children. Mm. I'm the newest mum among us. My first question these days is like, oh, my God, how was the birth? How was the labour? Did you, like, how did oh, it yeah. go? Like, <laughs> if I was in Paul's position, I wouldn't give a flying fuck about Nicole Nicolette. I'd be like, how's the baby? I mean, you're obviously right. You're standing right here. But I just couldn't help. I'm just so curious. I'd just be like, oh, my God, how long were you in labour? Like, did you have a, C- a C-section? What? How did it go down? Did you have drugs? What's going on? <laughs> no, but that, I think that's really telling about how little he cares about Nicolette. Mm. Also, but it's just very intriguing because I dug up video of me four or five days postpartum when I took baby Dr. Carl on his first walk around the neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. And in the video I'm saying, like I'm going past the letterbox going, oh, it's a bit of a struggle. Like <laughs> I could, it was tricky to walk. Like when you either, if you're recovering from a Caesar or as I was from um, labour and I had, you know, had some nip, nips and tucks down there. I was in pain for a couple of weeks. Like, it's yeah. trouble. It's, you have trouble walking, let alone playing am, uh, playing David Bowie's Labyrinth with Paul Robinson. 
she was moving pretty quickly. And also like I, particularly in my second pregnancy, I had trouble with my pelvis the, the mm. whole way through. She would have had to have nip up that slope to hide on the bridge pretty mm. quickly. And that would have, I, I probably would have like pulled a zillion ligaments doing that. But on the, the day we brought baby Harold home from the hospital, we did go out to the Moreland Hotel for dinner with my entire family to celebrate my <laughs> nephew's birthday. <laughs> but you would have been taking it slow and steady out of the car going into the restaurant. Yeah, I don't think I had to carry the capsule. I think I probably left that up to Phil. But yeah. yeah. And so they have this confrontation with each other, Paul and Nick. You need to stop this madness and come home right now. I don't need to do anything you say. Be, be mad at Chloe. Be mad at me if you like, but not them. Was that your attempt at an apology? Because I missed the apology part. All right, look, I am sorry. I'm sorry for what I said the last time we saw each other. Paul ends up getting quite angry at her, and then he realises, <laughs> oh, well, I have heard that you, you catch more f- more flies with uh, with honey and vinegar, <laughs> and decides, oh, you know, she's in a position of power here. I might just apologise to her. And he keeps, like, screaming at these women and then getting perplexed when they don't give him the yeah. thing he wants. Anyway, good for him. He, he's been able to use some of his negotiating skills. Yeah. And he's decided to offer her... One million dollars. <laughs> for the baby. Over and, the and years, he, we've joked a lot about people buying babies on yeah. this show, and it's finally happened. You know, some might say, well, it's a lot of money for a baby. And others might say it's not enough because he's he's couching it with the line, this will set you up for life. Now, I'd just like to remind you, Carl and Susan's house sold for $1.4 million. And yeah. that's just an average suburban home yeah. in kind of outer Melbourne. Yeah, it needs a, bit of, needs a lick of paint, needs yeah. a bit of updating. It ain't setting up. Nicolette for life, a million no. bucks. It'll give her a helping hand, but she's still going to have to, you know, She'd get work. A, probably get a nice flat in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It, it's an expensive market up there as oh, well. is it? Yeah, yeah, oh. because it's um, limited. And then you also have a lot of, you know, FIFO politicians. Radio. Now, at this point, we really must dial in CJ for her input on the check Paul writes out. CJ, we've just done a bit of Neighbours versus Time Travel and now here you are. It's like I'm Lauren and I've just like instantly flown down from Queensland and yet no one else can get on a plane from Queensland ever. Yes. Had to involve you in this episode. I mean, it's straight out of your wildest dreams, Paul in Canberra. Yeah. But also it's a massive plot point for the show and I need to have all members of the Neighbours pod squad weighing in. My first question to you, CJ, Catherine Jones, is what did you think of the outerwear of Nicolette and Paul and Audrey? Um, Okay, Audrey, take it or leave it. Um, Good colour for her. Otherwise, I don't really remember her jacket, which probably means it's something I'd buy, but whatever. Nicolette, I'm surprised to see her in red. I don't think that's very that common for redheads. I prefer her in that green jacket her father sent down for her baby shower, but maybe she didn't have time to grab it. <laughs> I, I was wondering. I'm like, did she put it in her bag? Like she only took a bag? Like, God, I'm worried about that jacket. But the shape of the jacket, I want it. It's amazing. Because you don't know if someone's pregnant under there or not. No, you don't know if they had a big lunch. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> CJ, what about – we'll get to Paul in a second, but I want to know how was the reveal for you? The reveal – that she parted the coat and there was a flat tummy. Okay, not surprised because it's neighbours, but just like glee, you know, from a viewer point of view, glee, but also like 
so many questions just from that minute on because I'm like, <laughs> firstly, now let's not, I don't know if you guys touched in this because I obviously, you just recorded the pod, but Baudry said, she's an active person. I don't imagine pregnancy getting that to, <laughs> to her. I'm sorry. Nobody goes for a walk in high heels two days after having a baby. No one gets on their, you know, mid-sized leather boots and, you know, nice pair of slacks with a button. Jesus, with a button oh, a few days postpartum. I was still wearing my pregnancy pants. Like, I'm not surprised she looks that good, but, like, who wears that? I'm still hopping into maternity wear that I'm like, oh, I don't think I ever need to give this away. No. I'll just keep being comfortable. Yeah, I think... You know, it's a sad day. I think it was like nine months, but most people told me you're going to have trouble giving up those pants. (laughs) (laughs) But she wore a button. Gosh, Nicolette, you're full of surprises. Before we go any further, I have to say, Paul in a trench coat, I I can't even. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it was just, it was everything I needed. And I want to point out, that I think Paul, you know, we're going to get to the whole like what is, what I think happens, what my what's my theory, all that stuff. But I think Paul is triggered. <gasps> what do you mean? Because Gail took his children away from him. Oh, God. And I think he is triggered by that and wants – I mean, everyone takes his children away from him. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's for the best. But, <laughs> but in the Gail situation, it's kind of like this. Wow. Oh, and now he's like a men's rights activist. Yes, not all Pauls. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's why he went to the, you know, the lengths he did. Yeah. And he kept saying my grandchild in a way that yeah. like was quite uncomfortable. Yeah, because he, um, he's never too concerned about the children that are not in front of him. No. It's like, where's Amy? Who knows? <laughs> He's incredibly possessive and overbearing when the children are within eyesight and that's one of the conditions Nicolette brings up, like don't run this kid's life, like just get out of its way. Anyway, another thing I observed from the week is that Paul, when people were asking where Nicolette was and how they could find her, he was like, your daughter's made her decision, you need to back off now. And I'm like, um, sorry, sweetie. Yeah. Paul, um, did you? What did you just do for your kid? Yeah, <laughs> like what do you always do for your kids? Whatever the hell it takes. And now you're like, oh, back off! It's their choice. It was like you know when you see maybe in a movie. I don't think this. I've never been part of something like this in real life. But so in a movie, um, someone's been missing for five years or something, and they say, look, you need to move on and accept they're yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. So that you. It was like he was doing that, but she is just in Queensland or something. Yeah, and it was it was like a, a week. Mm. Paul comes back with the assumption that everyone's just going to accept that because, you know, look, no one really likes Nicolette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get into his plan now of when he cites Nicolette, he sees that she's given birth and now he has to act quickly. To He doesn't want to go back to Melbourne empty-handed. And what does he produce from his overcoat? So a check for a million dollars. I mean, that's just out of the plural playbook. I don't know why he didn't call the bank and cancel that check. What do you mean? So if you write a check. I haven't written a check since the Dolomites at school, primary school. Oh, I take checks from my father all the time. <laughs> um, so 
It's just he's he's just got a whole stash of babies in the back shed. <laughs> yeah. Um, you write a check and you someone's got to get to the bank to put it in to start off with. Like you can put it in an ATM, but most people will like walk into a bank with a million dollars. You're not just going to deposit in the ATM, right? Yeah. So it's going to take. But let's assume the next morning she goes. Why wouldn't he just cancel that check? My checkbook just got stolen. Yeah. Melbourne Wealth Bank. Someone's written a million dollars on a blank check. <laughs> yeah, what a crazy redhead stole my checkbook and then they just arrest her at the thing. <laughs> and so she goes away to consider this offer. And she goes back to her room and there is one bassinet there. There's not two. No. It's very intriguing. And by the way, she is in Dee's hotel room. <laughs> At the wellness centre. <laughs> yep, that's Kate has picked that too. And and Paul's staying in um, Dippy and um, Billionaire's yeah. hot sex room, yeah. But the bed's I mean, moved. That yeah. one at least is, it's the Lasseter's design, you know. Hmm. It's uniform. It's branding. Yeah, it's it's Lasseter's parliamentarian suit. Sweet. Yeah, no yeah. idea where Nicolette's staying though. At this point where to believe she's considering, well, I guess I'm giving up my kid. But also who was minding the kid. Well looked after. By the way, when she slipped on her leather boots and her pants with a button and her beautiful jacket to go for a stroll, she just left her baby there? Yeah. Or at least at least one baby has been left somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Minimum minimum one baby. My assumption also is the reason she called Baudry was to get her to deliver the baby in the hotel. Why? Because she's a nurse. But why can't she just go to a hospital? Because she hasn't done anything wrong. She's Nicolette. She's not on the run from criminal activity. She just left a bunch of shitheads that were pissing her off. That's true, but she could assume that Dr. Tanaka would write something on her file like call me as soon as she gives birth. Yeah, right, yeah. Also, they weren't, they're not midwives. Baudry may have done a shift on the maternity ward, but I don't know. Yeah, but if she worked in a small hospital, they don't really have like teams like that. Okay. So CJ the scene where she comes back to – she meets Paul at his hotel room with the baby capsule and the baby and a list of instructions that Paul ignores and takes the check and she's written some letters for David and Aaron and Jane. I wanted to ask you one thing. Yes. How hilarious it is, is it that – what happened the first time, Vey, that you had to get in a car? Oh, um, KB and I couldn't remember how to attach the belt the seatbelt yeah. onto the baby, through the baby. We, through the baby, there you go. Uh, even though we had watched the installer do it, I had recorded him, mm-hmm. I had committed it to memory and then we stood on the street with our child and I cried and I made KB ring Kate because mm. she knows everything about baby seats and she got on the FaceTime with us and talked him through it. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> That is like actually beautiful. It was and really nice. You guys should frame that memory. But <laughs> the um, who was Paul calling, by the way? I want to know. <laughs> my God, there's so much I want to know about how Paul got that baby from Canberra Hotel to Canberra Airport to Melbourne Airport, having recently travelled with a one-year-old to Sydney and back. By yourself. And I felt like I was um, the one-man band in Mary Poppins. I felt like I was Dick Van Dyke with all the stuff I had to carry. Mm. Paul. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he tells her to leave, right? My assumption is that if you are not Kate, you will forget how to do that every single yes. time if there's like a year in the middle, right? Like I know that if I – I know, I know I could call Kate and she would video me through it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But Paul can't call Kate. With probably most child-related things, we could we could call Kate. She could video chat us through it. Anything that has instructions about a child, Kate is your person. Yeah. If you're on the council, that's who you should got there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, she could she could run an agony art column on, on the neighbours council if anyone needs. Anyone needs it. But I want to hear because Paul's like, just get out. Like yeah, you've given me the baby, just just like don't even finish telling me when this child needs to eat. No, he's <laughs> Do like, not even finish that sentence. He's like, when it cries, I'm gonna give it something. <laughs> Like maybe whiskey, but he gives he signs the check for her, which I I was half expecting him not. And and his plan, I touched I'll touch a bit on this with Kate, but his plan here, his thinking is that no one will want to even though he's given Nicolette this condition, you mustn't return to Erinsborough, which is a, a postcode. Like she can come back to Melbourne. But he's now gonna assume that all her loved ones just won't ever inquire after her won't ask why she just hands it over the baby in half a day, hmm. um, how her mental state was, anything like that. I mean, I've got, I've got to say, because in the Nicolette versus Chloe versus um, Darren, I am definitely, all I keep thinking of is Dr. Tanaka. Yeah. That's all I'm thinking about, right? So I was jo- joyous that his father went and Took that baby back. <laughs> he bought him a baby. Daddy, buy him. I want a pony. Daddy, I want a baby. Go and get it. Yeah, Paul has let him down many times, but he was bringing back a baby. Um, And not once did Nicolette, who was well within her rights, t- she could have said, hey, asshole, nobody lo- locked anything down legally, all right? So <sighs> just thank your lucky stars that I'm benevolent enough to give you a child. I know, but also I know Jane's grieving. But I, Jane says in the week, like, your mummy loves you very much. It's like, actually, the arrangement was she was cool aunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess she's still, she would have filled out a birth certificate, you one assumes. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Um, I have another question for you, CJ, just in general about the Canberra episodes. So tell me what it was like seeing Paul swanning around and seeing the sights, the greatest hits of Canberra. Well, I love Canberra so much. Oh, my God, said no one ever. I just, I thought I've been there maybe three times and I thought I was going to hate it and I loved it. It feels like an international city. Um, It's not that far from here and it's cold, which I love. And there's, you know, this is obviously I went there before all the rape, but um, (laughs) the, well, before I knew about it. Yeah, before you knew about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But. It's a modern place, but yet big things happen there. And let me put you to the test here. What was the two things Canberra's known for that you could go and get from there, apart from politics? Um, fireworks and pornography. Yeah, that's the, that's it. Kate, Kate and I played that little game earlier. Yeah. I, I mean, I got a great massage there. And the whole time <laughs> I got a massage, I was thinking, like, I wonder who else is light, laid on this table. <laughs> And there's a really great Thai restaurant and there's like a Melbourne Street and a Sydney Street, which I love so much. I just love that. They're all just probably throwing stuff at each other from across <laughs> across each street. It's awkward. Also, these episodes like aired as Canberra got their first COVID cases since last year. Oh, yeah. Poor Canberra. Mm. They were really in it this mm. week. So it's good that they had that moment to triumph on 10 Peach. Yep. So Nicolette gets back to the room and I was clapping in excitement when there was another baby. I'm like, oh, I did not see this coming. And Kate and I will get back into chatting about that momentarily. Now, Kate is going to give me a Kate Stradamus coming up. Mm. I'm just going with classic 
bread and butter theory, but CJ, do you have a theory of what's going down here? Okay. So I've late night texted Dr. Kathy on this and on my theory, Dr. Kathy's basically poo-pooed my theory. So <laughs> I'll just say what it is. So the anemia thing I thought was a reference to Maya being a bit of a hippie and maybe a vegan. Yes, Nicolette's childbirth class friend. And so I don't think all vegans are hippies, but I just feel like it's a neighbor's wheelhouse thing to be like, oh, she had tea, she's a vegan and she doesn't eat properly in her pregnancy. Do you get what I mean? But Dr. Kathy reminded me that even like a mother has to be pretty nourished for her not to be giving like all of her vitamins to the baby and just like that's the way bodies work. Because yet bodies give everything that baby needs to the baby, if it can. So what do you think happened to Maya then? Is she around? I think she's in a dead in a gutter. I think Nicolette <laughs> killed her. Wow. Nicolette's gone full Millsy, full evil yeah. Millsy. Yeah, awesome. which I think is surprising because how would she know that Paul was going to show up in that day and et cetera? Yeah, but- oh, I just, I've never seen a more well-dressed one-week postpartum lady. That's interesting that you say that. Maybe that is one of the keys... Oh. that I haven't picked up on. So maybe maybe Nicolette had the baby after the winery incident and she's been hiding the baby. Holy cow. That's amazing. Because the anemia makes reference to a a premature baby in <gasps> some cases. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap this up because we've got to jump back over to Kate and I need to get into some more theory. I think, look, at the end of the day, no one knows anything. It's holy shit bags, yeah, basically. Yeah, right. Mm. What a great way to be on Neighbours. Thanks, yeah. CJ. Bye. So then there's this kind of thinking montage. Yeah. And now my friend Suzanne pointed out to me that Paul was having a think out at the Mount Ainsley lookout. If you see on the map I sent you, <laughs> it's way up there in the greenery. Like, I, I think when I went to Canberra as a, like an older child with my, my parents, pretty sure we drove up there. I mean, it's, it's, there's a limited amount of things that you do as a tourist there. But I don't know if Paul's considering himself a tourist because <laughs> you think, I feel like he'd visit the War Memorial too. Yes, which is they weren't far from the War Memorial Yeah, when, they, when he met up with Nick. I mean, the thing is these landmarks are all kind of in line with each other. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay, I'm just going to stay on this one line. I'm not diverging west or east. No, he's like, I'm going to hire a car and get out to that lookout. Yeah. I need to see some nature. So... He's having a little think. In the meantime, Nicolette's returned to her hotel room. And what's in the hotel room? A bassinet. Yes, a co-sleeper, isn't it? It's one of those ones oh, that you yeah, that you can put, kind of wheel up to the yeah, side you, of your bed. It's technically you're meant to butt it up against the bed so you can just have the baby at arm's reach. Yeah. And she's walking over to it and it looks empty. But then when the camera gets in closer, there's a baby. And we can't, I can't tell so, if this is a hotel or just a residence she's in or someone's like, house. Is it the same set as the one of the motel rooms at the motelness centre? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, good to see she left um, Madeline McCann's babysitter in charge. <laughs> just check on the children once every seven minutes or whatever, 17 minutes. Go have your tapas. Speaking as a mother here, well, speaking as a parent, nobody does that. No. Nobody leaves babies alone in hotel rooms like because you do think Madeline McCann like that's just there's a million things that could go wrong okay there could be a fire or something could just fall off the wall your poor baby could wake up two minutes after you've left the room and be screaming also Kate obviously unsafe sleeping uh, arrangement here of the baby in a hat (laughs) so was this when she was in the bassinet 
by herself, she had the hat on. Both, always. Yeah. Both, every incarnation of the baby so far has it, had a hat it's, on. It's funny because I was like, oh, yeah, you're not meant to have them on in the car as well because it's um yeah they can overheat and you don't want them to overheat because it can be a SIDS thing. But then when I looked back, because I was trying to look back to see what my babies looked like at that same age because like Nicolette and David's child, my babies are Eurasian. And, um, yeah, they both had hats on in the capsule, so I, I can't judge her too much. No, I wasn't, I wasn't judging the capsule. I was judging the cot, like the bassinet. Yeah. That when, you, when the baby's going down for its proper nap, like get that hat off. Also, I don't think it's great for the baby to be sleeping in like a loose cardigan as well. Yeah, and not, not swaddled, just in yeah. an actual going out outfit. She's yeah. a nurse. She should know all this stuff. And that cardigan looks like about three sizes too big for the mm. baby as well. She did need to get to baby bunting. Mm. Sounds and like she went to, she needs to go a few more actual parenting classes than mm. ridiculous hippie yoga classes. So she makes her decision and she rings Paul. She's like, I'm taking you up on the deal. I'll see you at seven o'clock. I'll bring Isla. I'll bring her things. Oh, and by the way, her name's Isla. Oh yeah, Isla Faye. Isla Faye, which we picked because that was one of two names mentioned at the baby shower and yep. the other one was Carlene. Also the real life name of? Oh, Baby Asta. Yeah. Very popular name though at the moment, Isla. Yes, my friend had an, an Isla and CJ's friend just had an Isla as well. Right. And obviously it's a big, it's a big home and away name. Yeah. Well, Baby Madge has got a couple of contemporaries at school yeah. called Isla. Isla... Tanaka Brennan is how she's credited. Right. So then Nicolette brings the baby to Paul's hotel room with the capsule. And it looked like the base of the capsule was attached. Yeah, stuck the base was it. attached, which, look, if you're going to give someone your capsule, you might as well give them the base yeah, as well. All at once. I mean, that, that is hats off to her because the capsule, Australian capsules, are unusable without their bases yeah. in the car. And, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, thanks the million. Can I have an extra 500 for the, to pay for the capsule? Yeah, yeah definitely. Didn't give him a pram though. She's like, you can deal with that later. Yeah, no, like maybe that bassinet just belonged to the motel. Maybe she just, or oh, maybe yeah. it was like a hire for baby thing. Oh, that's, yeah, good call, good call. She says, I'm going to pack. I didn't even see a bag really. I think there's like one bag that she mm. had. And she said, I will run you through the yeah. instructions for Isla's uh, feeding. Yeah. She needs another feed in an hour. He's all like, yeah, no, no, that's fine. I'll work it out. Yeah, don't worry about it. I got it. There's bottles and nappies in there. She will need a feed in an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've written down a schedule. Nicolette, I can figure it out. Don't make this any harder, please. Just go. I'm like, Paul, actually, you, you do Paul, not have this. You don't got this, mate. This child is now dependent on you for everything. And guess what? It needs to be fed in an hour. And then in another hour, she'll probably need to be fed again. And where are you going to be? In the air at that yeah. point. So why don't you stop for a second and have mm. a listen to the mother who is explaining how to care for the newborn. Because it's not just she has dinner and then you don't have to worry about her till the no. next day, mate. Oh, he, oh. Bloody you know oath. Yeah, one thing that got me, I was going, so what, what happened to the capsule when he was in the air? Because capsules can't be used in airline seats. Well, I guess they stow it. like Underneath. Because I could take a pram as carry-on yeah. when I went to Sydney. When I was allowed to. See, see, some convertible car seats, you can strap them in in the seat beside right, you. Right, right, right. But if you put them underneath, you run the risk of the baggage handlers um, damaging them. What badly. I wouldn't what I wouldn't give for the webisode of Paul and a newborn baby on a um, domestic flight. Yeah. From, oh, like, no, he would have done the classic grandpa trick of just showing her off to every um, flight attendant yeah, right. ever. It's, it's a flirtation Ugh. point for grandpas. I just... I could not believe how smug he was about – I mean, you've had seven kids, mate, but you didn't birth and raise seven kids. He only lived with one of them as a baby, yeah. and that was Andrew. And that was um, Caroline oh, – Christina had 
her twin Caroline there as well to help yeah. care for the baby because Paul was off doing business with the Utagawas or yeah, whoever. So drop the toot, Paul, and take a few notes maybe. Now, Kate, what about this reveal? This was what oh, had yeah, I mean, look, everyone's jaws on the floor. Capsule chat over. Yeah, <laughs> now the bassinet chat. <laughs> um, and poor sad Nicolette returns to the room. Which was actually quite gutting, watching her hand that baby over. And then Paul's like, oh, and here's the kicker. You must never return to Erinsborough again. She's like, what about me mum? <laughs> and he's like, no. I'm like, can she go like, can she go meet her in Geelong or something? Like, yeah. It, it, he just said Erinsborough. So could she go to Anson's Corner and have a coffee with Jane or? Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's not the most well thought out deal from Paul. Well, oh, so many most, holes. It's not the most enforceable one either. No, there's so many holes in that deal. And I'm sure I'll get into it with CJ because mm. like his deal is contingent on the fact that no mother will ever want to contact her daughter ever again. <laughs> and also, you know what, Nicolette, go spend all the money, come back. What's he going to do then? Oh, uh, yeah. Like what, like what you did last time when yeah. people came, when the, the tax man came knocking on your door. It's like, sorry, spent it. <laughs> <laughs> so she opens the door to this room. The bassinet still there. Mm. She's all sad. She walks over to it, much like last time. And then she's going... I could never give you up. And they flash to the bassinet and it's a different baby. Never going to give you up. <laughs> the best part She's of this. Rick rolled us all. The best part of this was watching this with my husband and we were just dying of laughter at this stage because we both looked at baby number two and we're like, oh, because baby number two looked like newborn baby Madge and baby Harold. We're like, oh, that's the one that actually looks like a child. Yeah, that's a Japanese baby. And I did check from our, one of our behind-the-scenes yes. sources and each of these stunt babies, because now we have baby Isla, yeah. as she's credited, and Nicolette's baby, as yeah. she's credited. Ma- baby Phyla. Yeah, for Isla. Uh, Fila. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, both of them have one Asian parent. Yes. Which because is great the- casting. Because I was like, I was like taking photos of Isla going, this baby does not look Eurasian to me, but apparently it is. So there you go. But I was like, this would be the perfect like neighbor scam. Yeah. Nicolette to have just found a Caucasian baby. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're all going, geez, she's really taken after the Robinsons and Nicolette. All right. Well, that's the way the genetics work in a weird way. There we go. I took this completely on surface level and also I misheard Nicolette when I first heard the episode. I thought she looked at the baby and said, I could never lose both of you. So I thought, oh, well, she's had twins. And a few people have contacted me. There's a lot of theories floating around, especially on our Neighbours Neighbours Council thread. I've got a big Kate Stradamus. Neighbours Council thread popping off. There's like hundreds of comments. So fun. Um, but w- one of the classics, and I just straight away was like, well, she's had twins. And she's like, okay, one for you, one for me. Okay, let's discuss the, the twins theory, right? So if she's had twins, this is another dark day for Erinsborough Hospital. Oh, can- well, she's had it in Canberra. Yes, but she's had numerous scans at Erinsborough Hospital oh, and they sure. didn't right. pick up yeah. that she was having twins. And Dr. Hart seems quite capable. So Yes, and she, we know she had a, a scan quite recently, and actually this is what the UK viewers have just seen this week, which is when she keeled over at the vineyard, or as Coyle called it this week, the vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she had a bleed then, but no, the baby was all right. And I'm look, I could go back and check, but I'm I'm not that interested. But I, either the the guys or Chloe 
went to her when the baby had a scan and the heartbeat was fine. Mm. Surely, as dim as Chloe is, she would have gone, oh, I didn't know babies had two heartbeats. <laughs> also, I think there was at least one scan when Nicolette, well, Nicolette was with Chloe, but, you know, maybe Chloe wasn't in, allowed, maybe wasn't Chloe wasn't in the room the whole time. Mm. Maybe in one of the later scans, a second heartbeat was detected. And Nicolette just like kept that to herself. Nicolette was in such a bad state after slipping over. I don't. I didn't think she would have let Chloe leave her alone in the scan True. room. So if that's happened, because apparently you can have like a hidden twin that was just never picked up. She yeah. could, well, actually in the old days before they had scans. Because I've got a friend who whose mum had twins in the early 70s and Ooh. they didn't know until I think maybe a month before she ah. actually had them that she wasn't just having one big baby. She was having two. <laughs> two Jesus. weenie ones. Jesus. But nowadays with the scans, I mean, surely, surely you would be able to see two entire, like, nearly term babies. I mean, remember, this is this is the world where we have Dee and Andrea yeah. subbing in for each other all the time and no one's any the wiser. Also, I was reading up, apparently twins are considered term at 36 weeks. Oh, yeah. And she was over that, wasn't she? Yeah. She, uh, she was due in literally two weeks. Yeah. Which would be, yeah, 38 weeks or so. When I realised that the line was... I could never let you go. Once I realised that I had the line wrong, I then rethought mm. my theory because I thought, well, yeah. I guess it's not twins. And also people saying, oh, then it's easy. Then everyone everyone gets one and everyone's happy. Yeah, like, it's I still, think it works like that. It's still devastating. You still have to part with one of your children. Which Everyone's seen the parent trap. Then the two siblings don't get to know each other and that is devastating. And also um, we've all seen Neighbours and Nanny Alice because it didn't work out well for her mental health to no. like, give up one of her um, kids to the, the mm. Bliss family. Look, I do like the idea of having separated twins for a potential uh, another D Andrea story. Yeah, that's fun. Because we know next that gen. the D is being raised by the Brunakas <laughs> and the Andrea is being raised by Nicolette. <laughs> Yeah, she's Nanny Alice 2.0. So that's one theory. Yeah. Okay. There's a few people in the council that have also speculated that perhaps Nicolette is having postpartum psychosis and is hallucinating this second baby. Which I think is definitely a strong theory. And I think no matter what the outcome is, Nicolette is not of completely sound mind. She's gone through a trauma. She's delivered this baby without her support system. Yeah. And she's gone through a big breakup and this whole thing, she's she's not okay. No. She's not been well supported. So no matter what has happened, she's definitely in need of mental health care. Yes. I think that's definitely a strong theory. And I would probably put that down as my second most likely outcome. And now there's this angle where people think she's just straight up stolen a baby. Yeah. Which I feel that's a, I mean, babies don't, if she has legitimately stolen a baby, that would be a massive news story in Australia. We're not a big country, no. but everybody in Australia would know about stolen baby. Yeah. Um, baby Jane Doe. Baby Jane <laughs> I was going to give it. This little ba- baby Olivia's been stolen from the Canberra Hospital. <laughs> oh, and this is what she looked like and that's what her parents look like. And, oh, my goodness, that's, you know, she has like a little bump on her nose. Yeah. And I, I feel that's probably the weakest one because I think that would be such a massive news story, even the people who don't watch TV on Neighbours. And just from an Erinswell perspective, I think it would be such a disservice to Jane, a heritage character, to have her daughter be a baby kidnapper. Yeah. I mean, by the same token, we have Paul Robinson who's done worse and he's, he's still – a baby purchaser. Yeah, he's a baby purchaser and a, he's a killer, like he's a, an abuser, yet he is like one of the 
cast members we're supposed to be rooting for. Mm. I guess it's not unfathomable that Nicolette's just a baby stealer. Um, but now also I, I want to make sure we mention CJ's theory yeah. that Maya from, from Outdoor Mothers Group. Oh, yeah, annoying, out, annoying Maya. Yeah, from um, postnatal class outside. The single mum. Yeah, that she has somehow like died or just given the baby to Nicolette to mm, raise. That does sound a bit ripped from the headlines, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Died in the process of giving birth yeah. through an, a forced cesarean. And with her only friend being mum, uh, parents group friend. Yeah. But Kate, give it to me. What do you reckon? Now, it's the 10-year anniversary of your one of the original Kate Stradamus moment, isn't it, Kate? On Twitter. Yes. Actually, I, and that was funny. I sent you the screenshot yeah. of that this week. Um, This is when Vera and I first interacted. Yeah. We should we'll Actually, post it in the council. Well, how about we leave it till November when the, on the on the date. Okay, then. on the date. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. I mean, God willing, Neighbours is still around in yeah, November. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was Kate predicting that uh, Michael Williams was bonking his younger sister-in-law while his wife was drowning at sea yeah which felt far-fetched at the time in the back of the purple sandman at yes that, you yeah. picked the the sex I know, location and i actually managed to sum that up in the length of a tweet as yeah. well original twitter which was short yes um <laughs> and it's funny because you look at it and you go oh that's right that's what twitter used to look like in the old days back in the old iphone 3 it era looked, it looked like you were sending me a screenshot from sims 1 <laughs> <laughs> oh look 3g <laughs> So, Kate, hit me. What are you predicting okay. here? Now, we've just got to remember that Nicolette is a nurse, isn't she? Yeah. And, and I think quite a capable nurse. Yeah. Okay. I like to think that she caught a bus to Canberra and sitting beside her on the bus was another pregnant lady. Oh, my but God. But I'm thinking like a pregnant girl. Let's just call her Michaela from Queen Bean. Yeah, great. <laughs> She's young, maybe 15 or something. She's pregnant. Her um, parents don't know about the pregnancy. She's scared. She doesn't want the baby. And Nicolette says to her, look, just come and stay with me. She's, you know, she's moments of giving birth, this poor child. Nicolette helps her give birth to this baby. And the girl's like, I don't want this baby anymore. And Nicolette's like, you know what? I'll raise her with my daughter. They can be sisters. Don't worry. You go. Nice. So she's had, she's had a reasonably safe birth mm. with Nicolette. Little Michaela's gone back to Queen Bean. <laughs> She'll probably, maybe should um hopefully should do, finish should do, high school. Do, do some poli sci at uni. <laughs> hopefully she can finish you know, high school. Yeah, then hang, um, hang out in the Canberra bubble. And that's where this other baby has come from. I think she's been willingly given that baby. I mean, that's a little bit more palatable than just yoinking it from, yeah. from the passerby. Because um, also it has to be a Eurasian mother. Yes. Well, maybe, maybe Michaela's Chinese herself. Yeah, Michaela Lu. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you like my theory? Yes, it's much nicer. I had no idea where you were going to go. I was worried it was going to be much more Duh. drastic. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, I'm not going to say that Nicolette was in the back of the Sandman. Now, <laughs> a few people are also speculating that Baudry is involved in this plot. And I think if we uh, go with your theory, yeah. then maybe she's like, look, I've got a nurse friend. Actually, we're both ex-nurses because no one's letting us nurse anymore. So she can help me deliver this baby. Baudry is too straight edge for this. But what if Nicolette just turns or, up? Audrey with- will bloody have a, a crisis of conscience in about a week and like just lay the whole plan bare. True. And I was going to say, unless she just turns up with this woman, this girl in labour or to Audrey's mm. doorstep and like, you got to help me. This girl's having a baby. Yeah. Call the midwife. Yeah. Interesting. I do think Audrey must have something. She's not just having a casual coffee. 
with Nicolette. There's got to be something at play here. There's another theory floating around. Yeah, you, Faye, I remember we call her Baudry because she's like ultimately the most boring character True. in Neighbours history. Uh, I don't think they could give her anything that would make her remotely interesting. I keep forgetting she's not a blank canvas for me to She put, is a blank canvas. Put a plot she's, onto. She's like a Arrested Development. Yeah. She's <laughs> so the other theory that we posited on our show is that Ricardo was involved, the sex yes. pest son of the scratchy man who was um, trying to get Nicolette to pay off her debt mm. with sexual favours. And the theory is that maybe she got knocked up with them, yeah, um, with him f- first, and then put the whole pregnancy plan to Darren and got involved there to cover up for the fact that. Yeah. But, but then, this is all put to rest, though, by the, the actors of the babies being Eurasian. <laughs> true, true. However, I have another question, and that is about Chekhov's anemia. So, oh yes, the, I've on, got a theory on this. The baby comes to Erinsborough, and we'll get to that in a second. But she's whisked off to the Erinsborough Hospital to, for a checkup, mm. and David's looking over the notes and notices that she has anemia. Yep. And we had friend of the pod, Doctor Kathy. I asked mm. her, like, what does this mean? What could this mean about paternity? I, like, could this rule out David's paternity somehow? Yep. And she said it could be a blood type situation. Yes. Oh, we asked if it's, could it be a blood type situation. Then also there was the theory mentioned by Olivia that anemia often happens with premature babies. Yes. Rather than full-term babies. So does that mean that this baby was born much earlier than Phyla, then I was Isla born a lot earlier than Phyla, right? In which case, maybe Nicolette maybe met this girl on a bus with a one week old baby, and she's like, "I'm getting out of Dodge with my newborn. I don't know what to do." And Nicolette's like, "Just give it to me, kid." Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Blood groups, Faye Pashos. You're a bit more likely to have a B positive blood group if you're Asian. I'm B positive. I'm not Asian though. Well, I'm B positive too, and I'm not Asian, <laughs> but my husband is B positive. Sorry. And so, you know, that means our children are either going to be B positive or O positive. Oh. And I think David, somewhere along the line, has probably found out that Nicolette's either B positive or O positive, right? So, baby Isla is either going to be B or O if it's his child. Amazing. But I have a feeling that baby Isla is going to turn out to be type A, which means she can't be his child. I mean, Nicolette is type A, just in personality. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is fun, though, is that, you know, we often talk about classic neighbours, like Carl and Susan arguing over a lemon meringue pie or something, you know, ceramic pig, bread and butter neighbours, like Sheila turning the hose on someone, mm. classic neighbours. This is classic neighbours in a different way. This mm. is a type of neighbours plot that makes you want to do homework. Like mm. Kate's Googling blood groups. I'm screen like I'm um, triangulating Canberra maps. CJ was screenshotting theories in the Neighbours Council. Like we are all we're taking notes. We're studying. Yeah, this is the serious business. This is theorizing that's going on, which we also love. This is a new, yes. different type of classic Neighbours, which we definitely have time for. Yeah, Neighbours makes you laugh, makes you think. Yeah, we we need to move our brains in this time. Because I, I tell you what, as long as it was drawn out, the whole Andrea story. It was bloody, mate, we had some good thinking moments yeah, in there, didn't we? Good noodle scratcher. Yeah. And now Paul comes back to Erinsborough and to rage, like D- Darren are beside themselves still and to rage gets them together and they're like, sit down, your father's coming over, yeah. what's going on? He'll explain when he gets And then, then we get a cutaway to Coyle going, 
Oh, yeah, I just saw, saw Paul out the front. <laughs> with a baby. Now they talk about a noodle scratcher. Mm. He went to the movies with David the day before. That was quite cute. It was. Um, Un- unlikely, but yeah. 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 What joke can they saw? I was thinking it must have been a Marvel movie. Yeah, maybe it, it wasn't Jungle Cruise. <laughs> I mean, and bless them for getting to the cinemas when they're all freaking closed. <laughs> maybe they went to that outdoor one at um, Lasseter's behind the Flamingo oh, Bar yeah, or something. Yeah. The other thing that annoyed me with this whole Paul thing is that he's like, I'm not going to tell the fathers of the baby that I've, number one, found their born baby, mm-hmm. number two, putting it on a plane, coming to you, and then not even telling you till I've landed it's like you've now robbed me of five hours of knowing my child existed or I, after five days of already not knowing my child existed. I feel like David would have said, take her to the hospital right now. Yes. Yeah. So that that's probably why he brought the baby home so he didn't have to like be stuck up with awkward questions in Canberra. <laughs> yeah. They get her checked out. They get her back home. They're all settled in. But poor Jane and Chloe. They're the only ones who care about Nicolette. Oh, I mean – Granted, yes, in the grand scheme of people who need your immediate attention, a newborn is definitely number one on the list, mm. but a a missing, very recently postpartum, yeah. un- mentally unstable new mother it needs to be like <laughs> worried you'd, about. You'd watch on a crime channel because yes. she's going to be in a ditch somewhere. And Chloe, I mean, she has her own issues. She does really need to go to therapy, as Aaron said. She's like, oh, maybe I do love Nick. Oh, I move miss, on. I miss her. Oh, my God, Chloe. Okay, but Jane took my heart and ripped it into two pieces. Mm-hmm. When Jane walked in and Paul handed letters, gave a letter to Jane and a mm-hmm. letter to David and Aaron, and first of all, Chloe's like, is there anything in that little bag for me? <laughs> <It's> like, No. <laughs> Click your heels together, Chloe. Work it out yourself. But um, he didn't. He didn't tell Nicolette to write them a letter either, did he? No, she's volunteered the letters. Mm. And Jane and Chloe again. Paul, his plan hinges on the idea of women not asking questions, mm. and they're like, "We are detail oriented people, yeah, as a species." And they're like, "Where did you see her? What did you do? What did she say? Where did she go? What did it?" And Paul's like, "She gave me the baby and she left." And they're like, "That doesn't sound normal." <laughs> Gonna need a few more dates, mm. P. Rob. And then Jane just completely breaks down. She's like, this is my daughter. We had an estranged, like, I just got her back and now I'm losing her again. And, oh, it was gutting. Paul, you must know something. Well, where did you meet her? Was it near a hotel or, or near a shelter? Honestly, there is nothing else I can tell you. Well, think harder. I don't know what else I could have done. Well, you, you could have got me on the phone. I, I would have pleaded with her. Why didn't you help her? And then they're like, here, bond with the granddaughter. Hey, Nana, hold the baby. And she looks at baby Isla and she's like, I can't stop thinking about my daughter. She is looks she just o- like her. Is she okay? Like, she's not with her. My ba- The baby needs her mum. And yeah. as much as they were saying you were just going to hand the baby over and move on, mm. she was actually going to be a part of the family. Like, she was going to yeah. live nearby, get the baby settled in, be the cool auntie that dropped in. She, this was not going to be a cut-off situation. No. It oh. is sad what, from that perspective. Like, if you can separate her out from being... This, look, I, I feel Nicolette's been ma- turned into a villain because she's kind of coerced Chloe into re- a relationship mm. with her. Yeah. And she's very um, – she was she's a schemer. Yeah. She, like, sees opportunities for scheming. Mm. Like, you bring me to a cemetery today. 
because <laughs> yeah, I'm going to murder you later, babe. <laughs> this podcast's not going to air. <laughs> when in Rome. Yeah, I mean, if we can separate out her her villain villainry, it is a very sad story of mm. a mother and a baby being separated. It's devastating. And no matter, I mean, if there's bonus babies, I mean, at some point a baby's been separated from its parent and an adult woman's separated from her parent. That's nearly, well, at least, look, as far as we know, Nicolette's still alive at this stage, which is better than most of the other motherless children yeah. in Neighbours. The other, a few other interesting points about this plot is from Charlotte Chimes' Instagram post. Mm. She pointed out that this was on the cards since her character joined, um, that she was brought in as, mm. I guess, as this vessel for the David and Aaron yeah. baby, which upset me a little bit because I was like, she's she's got so much potential as a character. She doesn't but just she have has. to be. She's like absolutely grabbed that with both hands, mm. hasn't she? Yeah, like, she's, she's not just an a, excellent character. She's not just a womb with legs, which she mm. could have been in the wrong hands. Yeah. But also, Takaya said in an interview that initially it was going to be someone else that carried this baby and something that they plotted in 2019 that was due to air in 2020. Mm. And we were nutting this out in the council and I landed on the theory that it must have been Lisa, um, Pierce's ex-wife, because remember she came in and had that conversation with David and Aaron about wanting to have a baby and maybe a surrogate. Situation that, that kind of was like all wrapped up very quickly. No, we're not doing that. No, we're not doing it. Which I think it would have led itself lent itself to the same conflicts mm. because it still would have been very much wrapped up in Chloe's marriage and life. But also, and- Lisa wanted a baby, and mm. they want a baby too. They yeah. needed to find a surrogate who didn't want to keep the baby. Right, but um, interesting the way things yeah. unfold. So mm. now we get David and Aaron thrust into new parent territory. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're taking her straight to the hospital. Mm. I mean, she probably is very dehydrated. Yeah. Because Paul only gave her half a feed. Like, yeah, and but then was like, forgot oh, about her. Give you a bit of espresso. Didn't read. <laughs> That'll wake you up. Didn't bloody read the handout that Nicolette, mm. I'm sure, prepared for him. Must mention as well that David and Leo have mended their fences, as have Chloe and Aaron. Yeah. Because Aaron was like, I was a shitbag to you. I said some sh- pretty awful yeah. things. I'm sorry. Now, David will not forgive Leo, which, by the way, like, yes, he messed around with a relation. Like, he he made a move on one part of a relationship that meant the, their baby mama was compromised. But, like, yeah. ultimately, he's allowed to put the moves on whoever he wants. Yeah. He made up with David by making him some okonomiyaki, Jap- oh, yeah. <laughs> Japanese pancakes. And I asked my friend Suzanne, who not only has spent time living in Canberra, has mm. spent time living in Japan. Yeah. And I said, when someone's preparing Japanese pancakes, do they make a whole stack of them like Leo did? Or typically, don't you just have one? She's like, yeah, you serve a single pancake. Yeah, it's not bloody hotcakes. <laughs> so Leo had like seven of them. It's <laughs> a big meal. It's huge. So I just thought that was a nice touch. But then they made up. He's like, Hibai Chan used to make these for us before she was a bigot. (laughs) Turn towards the brotherly love. (laughs) Turn towards that hotcake life. (laughs) So they've made up, but he's got to go to Sydney and look on mum, look in on mum. Yeah, poor old Marnak is not well. And doesn't get to see bubs. I mean, she she could probably go drive and see Phyla if she wants. (laughs) But but um, Roxy manages to twist his arm into going and visiting his new niece. Cole and Roxy were very cute with their gifts and cakes, and I always Why bring cake to there, new though? parents. It's, it's like you know, it's COVID times, but even like newborns don't need to meet every single Tom, Dick, and Harry when they're just a few days old. But they did a very smart thing, and they brought food. Yeah. Like if you if you're going, you bring food. But I was I was like correcting this thing because did you notice the bloody Leo was sick? Yes, get was, away from that child. Yes. 
I was like, don't visit a baby if you're sick. No, get COVID or no COVID, you do not want a little baby with like no, no immune system to get oh. sick. Oh. So he was right to not want to. Yeah. Um, now and he was holding an actual human baby as well. It wasn't the stunt baby either. Yeah. Let's do a little Patreon chat now on stuff that happened on the other episode this week yep. about Lothropple that's going on at the minute. So Patreon only. Patreon.com slash NeighboursPod. God, this, the Quill storyline's been a snooze fest, but Kate, it's all coming full circle now because Paul's back in the office, Trey just trying to catch him up on what she's been up to. Yeah, to sign the deal, put a down payment down to the Quills. To save them from bankruptcy. Yeah, and Paul's like, nah, they can wait. Trey does remind him, like, I can make this decision myself, but I think obviously he needs to mm. co-sign as... Yeah, because the banks I'll- apparently had no problem with giving no. him money for it, which... I don't really get, I don't think, in terms of like buying out a hotel group, a million bucks is a drop in the ocean here. Because if you can buy Coos's house for 1.4, <laughs> how much does a hotel cost? So A lot more. Now Paul starts to tug his collar because he's like, <laughs> like he's I don't have about five bucks in the bank right now. I've just put my million dollars aside to buy a baby. And his <gasps> solution is just to run away when Derage is cornering the, him. The million dollar baby. Yes. He's like, I can't buy a hotel. I've used my money to buy a baby. But a million bucks is not buying you a hotel. No. It's buying you a hotel in Monopoly. I think maybe it would buy you, say, a penthouse at a hotel up in Queensland somewhere Mm. that you could use for part of the year. I mean, I guess – Okay, to be fair, they're not saying it costs the deal costs a million. The deal probably could buy me it costs like 20 million. But But I assume it's it's – the million dollars he has in liquid assets is um, would help his bank loan. Yeah, and he doesn't want Tarage digging around in the financials. Yeah. Because she'll see that that shifted around. I feel it was a lot. Look, I think he could have paid her off with 250K. He could have also said, it's going to happen in increments. Yeah. First of the month, you'll get it. Yeah, stay away for a year. You'll get your second 250. Yes, that's smart, Kate. Um, Stay away for five years, you get your third 250. Because like, Nicolette's turning up in a Lamborghini going, I'm here to see the kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's going to be fun because, Paul, this was a shit plan. This mm. plan was hinging on no one asking anybody any questions about their children or mothers. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it, it is a shit plan. Um, so should we do Citizen or Citizen of the Week? Yeah, all right. Let's throw to CJ first. Okay, so my sit shit, I'm going to do a sit shit. Okay. Paul Robinson. <laughs> Thank you, darling, for How giving. How is he a citizen? He went and got his son a baby <laughs> and I love that for him. And secondly, he stole a baby off a postpartum lady who yeah. isn't that great. I mean, he didn't steal. He paid for it. Yeah. But but also he came back and acted like a villain from a cartoon. Like and in an only a way that Stefan Dennis could. He would stand back and put the eyebrow back and just look like, Ooh, I'm not up to anything. And Jim Trey just like trying to square away the financials and he's like, Not today, sweetie. <laughs> not today. Not, not today. I don't have any money in the bank. <laughs> um and I just love I thought, you know, you've done such a momentous feat going and taking this baby, which is, like, I totally understand it's terrible, but, like, this is soap and it was so much fun for me. Yeah, a baby that we didn't even know had been born yet. Yeah. Like, he went in search for a pregnant woman, he comes back with the baby. Yeah, like, if 
if you want anything done, get Paul Robinson to do it, you know? In fact, I reckon Mark Brennan's probably ringing up his brother going, well, you're so lucky. Wish my father-in-law would go get me a baby (laughs) whenever I want one. Yeah. Well, I have to do shitizen of the week, Paul. You can't just go around buying babies like this is like mobile gum tree. Human gum tree, human. Tr- you can't just be human trafficking, Paul. Yeah, that's, you just, that's what it is. Human trafficking. You just can't be doing it. I don't care if it's your grown kid. <laughs> Need to get your Olivia Bensons onto this. Yes. So I think it's beyond shitizen, but we'll go with shitizen because that's what we call it, Kate. Well, I can only give my citizen of the week to the only person in Erinsborough who's ever good at their job, always, and that's John Long. <laughs> Who has another mission coming up? Oh, yeah. Jane's hired him now. She's like, Paul, you've got that great private investigator. He, he finds everyone and everything. He found Nicolette last week. He could find her again today. He's the most competent man in Erinsborough. <laughs> Paul's like, shit, did not think this through at all. And so, and then Paul's like, goes to him and is like, well, come on, mate. I, I, I swing a lot of business your way. Can you just not do your job competently this time? As if Paul's his best client. He must be does not need Paul. No. John Wong, his reputation precedes him. <sighs> well, gosh, there's a lot to pick through. Neighbours Council business is really just find us on the Neighbours Council, our Facebook mm. group, look up the thread which has a picture of Sheila's trolley billboard, uh, uh, sandwich yeah. board at the front of the, the waterhole. The two-for-one special. Yeah, the cheetah's special. Um, and that's where all the theorising is happening and we'll keep it going. A lot of people are like, is this storyline going to go for 17 more years? Because that'd be I good. Would, you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see baby um, Phyla mm. grow up with Jane, like Jane and Mrs. Mangle. Oh, beautiful. And shout out to Misty, who joined the council, listens to the podcast from New Zealand. Well, I, I, can, I cannot possibly predict where we'll podcast no. from next week. But was this really such a bad place? It was, it was, very, it was a very nice vibe. Chill vibes. Yeah. And, uh, dead centre of town. <laughs> <laughs> um, dead dead centre of my 5K radius anyway. Kate, thank you. People can find our socials in the episode notes of this podcast. So we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy you some art. A Picasso or a Garfunkel If I had a million dollars If I had a million dollars Well, I'd buy you a monkey Haven't you always wanted a monkey? If I had a million dollars I'd buy your Rich.